beautiful people of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK PDQ. And I am your humble producer, Boston. Joining us here in the Zencaster Studios is our illustrious host, Ryan Shipley. I usually go third. Why why am I second tonight? Because it seems that the darkness known as the COVID oh, no. uh, has finally struck our time being. You would think being a time being, he would be impervious to it, though. You would think that, but that's how scary Omicron is. Get vaccinated, motherfuckers. Get vaccinated. Um, even though you can still get it if you're vaccinated, but, you know, the symptoms will be a lot less. I knew he wasn't going to be on the episode tonight, right? I, I heard that. My fears were he was bought by, uh, purchased by Microsoft. <laughs> and Microsoft was pulling him from our show. That's what I thought. I mean, if only any of us were that important. <laughs> I can tell you right now. I think we've discussed this before. I will sell out in a heartbeat, right? Absolutely. You put enough money in front. That's why I never understand when band, when fans of bands get mad when a band gets successful. It's like, let them, they're doing this. This is their. That was their goal. Yeah, this is their business. A lot of them were doing it to get famous. Stop being mad that it worked. Yeah. Now, I know like a poor Liz Fair, I guess, got the biggest brunt of that, right? Because she immediately, she turned her music like complete, like 180, right? Like, oh, I don't like remember she, that one all that much, but yeah. She ended up uh, becoming almost like a Britney Spears when she's Ooh. like in like in her forties. So it was a little, it was a little jarring. But again, she was trying to make money, and at the end of the day, that's I guess what you're trying to do, right? And and if she believes in the music, well, in a one of my things I always tell people because I've gotten to that argument before. Yeah, I'm so happy at some of the bands that sold out, rancid. I'm so happy that Rancid sold out and made some of their more poppy punk music yeah. because then I would have never known about any of their old stuff. Yeah. I would have never known about these people and, and except for the fact that you know, I was dumb suburban white kid. I had I, If it wasn't on the local radio station, I didn't fucking hear it. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like that old music is still there. And if anything, you should be happy. More people are listening to the band now. The people that you love that are in this band that are making this music that means a lot to you are getting to survive doing this music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And plus, you can't expect somebody to make the same, same kind of music when they're in their 30s or 40s as they made in their teens and 20s. Oh, God. Um, that's why I always get cringy now about uh, whenever I hear some of Korn's, Korn's new stuff. No, yeah. Whenever Corn comes out with a new track, it's like, come on, John, you, you can't be angsty little emo kid anymore. Like, no. we've seen how much money you make. So it's still kind of he's still kind of doing the same kind of music, is he not? Because didn't they recently, like a lot of them, ended up uh, becoming like more like becoming Christians? Didn't that happen? Okay, so I don't know about the rest of them. I okay. know that Monkey Head. Head. Okay. Head was the one that had a weird coming to Christ moment after a drug bender and started doing Christian rock, which let me get, let me get me right up front. Yeah. It's really good. It's because okay. it, it always weirded me out because I loved, I loved corn when I was younger. And for the longest time, I thought that monkey was the lead guitarist because whenever they would interview the band, he would be the one that's always talking about what they're going to do next, what they're trying to this, how they're trying to that, how they're playing with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Head would just sit there in the back with his little dreads, just like staring. Yeah, he was. He didn't. He didn't even know where he was at. He was just staring off. And uh, so him and like John Davis were both like, because John Davis didn't speak a lot, I guess, because he was because he was nervous, right? Uh, he was nervous and self conscious about his teeth. 
Okay. And plus, he had, he had a lot to grow. You know, his father created Garfield. So. God <laughs> so, but no, Monkey, you always thought was like the, ironically, the head of corn. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> ironically. Yeah. Then, yeah, he turns out it was the, the other weird dude there just staring out in the distance. <laughs> so, yeah, he broke off and started doing Christian projects okay. and a lot of revival type stuff. But then. Oh, interesting. I feel like it worked for him, but then yeah. again, I, I kind of stopped paying attention after that point. Huh. Did he keep the name Hid, or did he did he go with something else? Yes. In fact, he called the project uh, Head to Christ. That seems weird. Let's see if I can find anything. Yeah. I've always thought for some th- reason that Davis also came to God, too, for some reason. Brian Welch. <laughs> Is that his real name? Ah, first thing on his Wikipedia was a photo of him performing with Corn in 2014. I was like, wait a minute. Did he come back to the band when all with the new Corn music? Let's see here. Solo career 2005 to about 2013. Okay. And I just found this like Davis did go to Christ as well. But they're still like their music is still very hard rock and they've not gravitated corn to like Christian rock, have they? And there would be anything bad if they did. As I understand it, no. Okay. So who are all the members of corn? I want to make Aylan very proud. Aylan, one of our listeners, best friend of the show. When we were growing up, she forced so much corn on me. <laughs> like corn was her favorite band as well. She liked corn and limp biscuit. And I went to concerts with her <laughs> to support her. Even though it was not my music. Okay, so we got Jonathan Davis as the head. Not the head, but he's the lead singer. Okay. Monkey. Yep. Head. Was there somebody named Fieldy? Uh, yes, Fieldy was the bassist. Okay. And do you remember the drummer? No. What's the, Did the drummer have a cool nickname? Uh, no, <laughs> sadly, no. Oh, what? Like Jonathan Davis, David Silvera. Oh, that's depressing. And didn't Tom McFarlane do one of their covers? Like the one with the kids uh, playing hopscotch? Yes, Todd McFarlane did the cover for Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. I don't know how I know that. Also directed and did a lot of the animation for the music video for it. Because that was around the same time that he was working on the Spawn animated series for HBO. The song he did that he directed was the one where John goes, Go! And then the bullet thing follows the Got the Life. (laughs) That was my impersonation of corn. So that was a a didn't narrow it down that much. No. Uh, although the go, yes, uh, that was yeah. Freak on a leash. Was that the one that McFarland? Freak on a leash was that one. That was McFarland okay. directed. So let me see here. And some of their music was really good. I don't begrudge them. Like I think it's embarrassing if if you. I think Limp Biscuit was embarrassing. Well, now so currently I was unaware of this. I want let me take that back. I knew that they had gotten a new drummer at some point. I did not know who it was, okay. but currently their current drummer is Raymond Luzier, oh. who looks pretty cool. But what happened to their old drummer? So I know that as I remember it, David Silveria was their, was their drummer to begin with. Cause I remember they kind of nod to it and video make me bad. He had some issues with his, like his, he had an extra rib, I think. Hey. Something that was pinching on his spine in a way that was getting... And he was a drummer, right? So that probably would hurt, right? With the with having rib issues when you're trying to drum? Now, allegedly, he also had some issues with the other members of the band, and that's why he actually left in 2006. Oh. I know that he had to take some time off for surgery. 
So he was with the band for a while, right? Because they early 1990s, right? Yeah, so Vivera set out of part of the Sick and Twisted 2000 and Summer Sanitarium tours due to an injury, while Mike Bourdain from Faith No More filled in on the drums, oh. which I always thought was great for me because I remember an interview with Mike. Dave was actually really bad at the drums. Oh. He wasn't professionally trained. Yeah. Do you remember Flyleaf? That name sounds familiar, but I don't know if I would recall any of their songs. She was the the lead singer of Flyleaf was almost famous for the fact that she was never properly trained. Okay. And so their first tour, she blew out her voice within like the first two weeks of the tour and had to cancel the rest of it. I can honestly see that happening because when I did my corn impersonation like two minutes ago i felt like my voice was dying so i'm like i get it i totally get it and it looks like according to this corn has released 13 studio albums three live albums eight compilation albums and seven video albums but what were you gonna say so she blew her voice out like so what did they do did they have to like replace her in the band oh no they had to cancel the shows until she could get better and then she uh, hired a voice coach now did you know that corn did an mtv unplugged Yes, and I don't care what anyone thinks about Corn as a band or Jonathan Davis as a person or Fielding as nuts. That unplugged is one of the greatest performances that I've ever seen, period. Yeah. So the big thing was the Corn unplugged and the LL Cool J unplugged are the best ones that have ever came out of that. Like the Nirvana was pretty yeah, good. I'll give, I'll give Nirvana. Yeah. Nirvana one was great. But LL Cool J having to do like all of his songs with like actual performers yeah. and not backing tracks that he could just rewind. He said that was a, a big problem. Like learning it was like, Oh man, play that back, play right run that back, run that. Sorry. Guys, can you play that again? <laughs> Cause he was so used to doing that in the studio. Yeah. But with corn, there's so many bizarre effects and weird little sound effects that they do in their songs okay. that they sat there and they're like, how the fuck are we going to do that live? And so they did a bunch of research and they went out, found a bunch of people to come in for the show. And so they've got like talkie drummers in there for one of the songs. They have just bizarre instruments from around the world to hit certain notes. There's just so much weird stuff they went and got to kind of help to be able to do that acoustically. Huh. Also, they do a duet with The Cure which is fucking cool. amazing. And this is kind of cool too because this is 2007 when this album hits. So that's like a good probably three or four years since probably their last hit, right? Because I know they were big like mid-90s to around early 2000s. That was their peak, although they did continue kind of like when Aerosmith would keep coming out with songs <laughs> and like everybody would be like, dead, you're like, thank God we don't have to hear them anymore. And then the next thing you know. It comes back. People know it will sell well enough that they go ahead and play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corn had that for a while too. And, and a, a few of them were actually pretty good. I still love their cover of Brick in the Wall. Really like their cover of What Up, What's Up by Cameo. I love that and song. And a great video too that some, I think, I think it was a fan-made video, but they did it like in the World of Warcraft. And it's amazing. I don't think you have to be embarrassed to be a corn fan. And I'm so glad, you know, Scott isn't here tonight because Scott would probably put his foot down if we were trying to talk about corn. What an asshole. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have to do his quote for the night. Because uh, he did he did send okay. me a quote. Here's his quote. I ran out of toilet paper. Give me some of yours. What? I think he was just, I don't know, because he's not seen the movie this came from. 
But the movie is Hunt for the Wilder People. It was a Taki Lati, a film from 2016. But that was his uh, quote of the night. It was kind of funny because I, I talked to him like last night to see how he was doing. I was like, hey, do you um, think you're going to be okay to come on the show tonight? And then as he hung up with me, he said that he immediately threw up and got a bloody nose. So I think that meant no, that he was not going to come on tonight. He did tell me this is his statement. Hello to all you lovely listeners out there. I apologize for not being able to record tonight. COVID reared its ugly head and bit me in the ass. I am still in recovery mode. I should be back and in full swing by our next episode, though. My plan is to have Boston Orion present me to our listeners Simba style when I return. But fear not, because I haven't had much of an appetite recently, so I've probably lost some weight. Hopefully I won't be that heavy to lift up. I love each and every one of you, and I can't wait to return. Thank you all for your support. I think he's probably scared that we're going to do him like Bingy. If we're... <laughs> 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 Somehow, you and I always survive Boston. We're the, we're... Even though we were the last edition? Yes, we were the last edition. No. And poor Bingy, who is still in our hearts and wants to come back. Hopefully one day he'll be able to. Big props to our unpaid intern, yes, Sarah. We have an unpaid intern. That's so exciting. Because as you guys probably heard in the last episode, you know, we're going to look at doing a Patreon and probably March or April get it started. Part of that's going to be extra episode a month. So that's three episodes a month. Obviously, if you're not a member, you can't afford the Patreon, get in touch with us and we'll take care of you. Don't worry about that. But three episodes is a lot, right? Uh, allegedly. And just for everybody who doesn't know, when Bingy did have to leave the show, Boston took it upon himself to learn the editing and basically became our editor. Well, I took over as editing when we moved to doing everything remotely. We lost the studio. So when you lost the studio, that's when you took over. Okay. But anyway, so you did take over. And a lot of that was during the beginning of COVID when there was a lot of like layoffs. And what were you, what was it called? It wasn't a layoff for you. What did they call it? Oh yeah. For, uh, for, for me, it was the, a, uh, a furlough. A furlough. Yeah. So there's furloughs, furloughs end, um, you know, Boston works a full schedule. He also, you know, is married, ooh la la, and it just gets tricky to figure a way to edit three episodes a month. That's also how I was getting all the episodes of uh, Sagas and Shenanigans out, and hopefully more time on my plate, I can finally get back to that. Oh, that'd be so delightful. And also, you know, we're planning to do our spinoff uh, series with Lance Adams and CT. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that happens too. But basically we want to take some off of Boston's plate here. The Patreon is essentially going to be made so we can get the equipment needed to start doing like streaming too, like uh, making this into a YouTube show as well. But thankfully uh, Boston found pretty swell gal that's going to help uh, with the editing and take some of that burden off your shoulders. So we're hoping for you. Yeah, because I know you have the toughest part of the show. Like I show up and I just talk for like an hour and a half to two hours and I I book, but that's all I really do. I mean, my stuff is easy compared to what you have to do. So I'm glad that we're going to get you some help. Yes, I'm glad that I'm finally getting help. <laughs> and don't tell Sarah about any of this. Let her discover this when she's editing. Let's see if she cries. Hopefully tears of joy, not tears of sadness that she's suddenly realized what she's gotten herself into. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for anyway. But I guess like there's... There's really only one thing to really talk about, like that's current, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's something that a lot of people have been talking about, and a lot of people have been uh, making their speculations on and such. And yes, uh, that is, of course, Scream Five. 
yes. did come out, yes. and it was the greatest movie ever. Yes. Oh, let's definitely start start with. So, just to paint a picture for everybody. I don't drive. I haven't driven in a few years. Boston is kind enough to once or twice a month basically be my chauffeur to like the comic book store to anywhere I need to run. I mean, he also helps me in between with like grocery runs, but we do buddy hangouts, right? Essentially, I'm like your secret boyfriend. Something like that. Okay. You're my platonic boyfriend, yeah. But if you if your listeners want to ship us, you know, feel free, I guess. I'll put out one day. <laughs> nice. But so last uh, last Wednesday, we went to the comic book store, hung out with Bill for a bit. And then we went to the West Helm Mall, which I think has, I think it's the best theater that Knoxville has. It, it's the one I feel the most comfortable going to. I mean, Cinnabar is where I saw Sonic the Hedgehog, and then it was the first place it came back to after the everything, the COVIDs. So it's almost two years. Any place where I can sit down, watch a movie, and have them bring me the food, I feel pretty good. And you get to kick back in those recliners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice recliners. Also, well-situated, so if the people in front of you are being jerks and looking at their phone the whole time, you don't see it. It slants it well enough that you don't have to see it. They have good food. They have a really good blue cheeseburger that I love. Yeah. But me and uh, Boston went and saw Scream. So I guess this is your first movie you said in almost two years? Yeah. Well, at least in theaters, as you all may have heard in the last <laughs> episode, which the only two movies I saw all of last year were Encanto and Mortal Kombat. Two big movies, though. Yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> You're staying relevant. And you actually watch all of those movies. You didn't do like Scott and watch half of one. And you only watch movies in theaters that begin with the letter S. Is that your new thing? <laughs> only watch movies beginning with S and only listen to bands beginning with S. System of Down, Static X. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, R.I.P. Steel. Why? Something happened? Oh, Boston, you have to know. <laughs> Set down, Boston. I got something that's some some bad news for you. Hey, as long as nothing happened to the guy from Sublime, we should be fine. Oh, Boston, keep that seat. <laughs> keep that seat, buddy. Here's some tissues. That was the thing that I was so angry about with Scott Whalen is here's an ad that's trying to get recovery, and you're just going to put him back out on the road with a rock band? Mm-hmm. That does not seem like the smartest thing. But... So what did you think of Scream? I loved it. I really did. Yeah. And actually, my my boss recently uh, caught it. It's like I finally, you know, ranted with him about it. Okay, nice. And he actually cleared up the only problem I had with it. He actually kind of helped clear it up. So I don't, I love it even more now. Okay. Was it something that you can go into without it being a spoiler? No. <laughs> oh, spoiler warnings? Let's, uh, let's see how far we can get without spoilers first. Okay, but fine. Okay. There's definitely a possibility of spoilers for Scream. Yeah. For Scream 5, which is relevant. I think it was a really good... Mainly, the, the opening bit, I thought, was a perfect nod to the original. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, also, if you've never seen the original Scream, yeah. you can actually suss out... The, I mean, they literally go through the plot of the first movie uh, oh they do in that they? opening bit yeah. yeah uh because in in the scream universe there is a movie called stab which is based on the events of scream one and the stab series becomes this parody of series that run too long because i think there's like <laughs> about the eight or ninth in, in the movie right there's like a stab eight and nine yes in in scream five because uh, yeah, that's what that's what Huey was watching in the hospital. Was uh, oh yeah, uh, Jack Quaid from the Boys, who plays Huey, is one of the characters, and I I'm so happy about that. Does such a good job in the movie. And then 
Yeah, he's watching uh, Stab Eight, where they kill, they jump the shark, and there's a picture of the there's a scene of the ghost face killer with a, a silver mask and a flamethrower, just like <laughs> yeah. what? And, and what is guns, happening? Guns for days, like his muscles yeah. and his cut out, his cut off a uh, scream outfit. The ghost killer is amazing. Now I had forgotten. I'd watched. I watched uh, the first scream a couple of days after we watched Scream Five. I forgot how dark that opening with Drew Barrymore really is. Mm-hmm. Like the ending where her parents come home as she's dying, and she can see them through the glass because you know she's being hung outside, and she's trying to trying to call for her mom. And I was like, that's dark but this opening i thought was tremendous the way they do it i love the fact i guess it's the same actor that's played the voice of Ghostface throughout all these movies right i think i read that in imdb that it's the same guy that's basically played i don't know about the tv show but i know for the movies i think it's the same actor and i think he also played Ghostface in call of duty and i don't know if he i don't know if dead by daylight has voices as i understand it i don't, I don't think he has any voice lines it's it's weird. I've been dancing around playing Ghostface. Never got around to it. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Because Ghostface, they didn't have to pull like they did uh, Leatherface. So they did have a. I was wondering if they actually had a synthesizer for it, but no. Roger Jackson, voice for the killer, and one, two, three, four. And the last one. Yep, got him back. Got him back for five. Yep, and then he played Ghostface in Call of Duty Black Ops and Warzone. Oh, and he did play the voice in Scream the TV series. Oh. So, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool that they've kept him. Because, I mean, the first movie came out in, like, what was it, 1996? So it's, um, oh, my God, it's been 25 years, 26 years. Jesus. Oh, my God. What? He was, at least in the Powerpuff Girls reboot, he was Mojo Jojo. Oh, you mean, oh, are you talking about the, the live action one they were planning to do? No, the did a quick little, it only ran for about three years, but it was a quick little reboot of the animation series. Was it decent? I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've heard people have had opinions. Okay. The CW one was going to have uh, Chloe Bennett, the the actress. Uh, I don't know what her real name is. But Chloe Bennett from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show was going to be one of the Powerpuff Girls. And I heard that the script leaked and the pilot leaked and it was supposed to be insanity. And CW uh, quickly axed that pilot. And I think they're starting over again. I think they really want to do a live action Powerpuff Girls. Okay, no. He was the original. He was the, he was the OG Mojo Jojo. So he's oh, so they brought back. Did they bring? So they brought back original um, OG Mojo Jojo for the uh, reboot thing. I guess it was a reboot. I I think it was supposed to be similar to Scream Five, a requel. <laughs> nice. It wasn't supposed to retcon anything. Okay. Apparently, he was the narrator in the Book of Pooh. Wait, what's the Book of Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. Okay. But just again, that just makes me weird. Like <laughs> ghost. Face. Get you guy to do anything. Ghostface, Mojo Jojo, and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, you imagine <laughs> Ghostface was in Thousand Acre Woods. Winnie Pooh's like, oh, bother. You know Ernie, um, the, the donkey would be the first to get murdered because he's always alone. alone. Yeah. Yeah. He would be, he'd be sad enough to, to figure everything out in time. One thing I did read about the new Scream is, you know, near the end the one character is in the ambulance. Yes. That that you thought was a goner. Uh-huh. That character was a goner. But really, the writers and the directors, they were like, how do we continue on this series without this character? So they quickly wrote that scene, that screw that scene to show that that person was still alive. 
that was kind of the weirdest thing. I mean, aside from the fact that, as I said before, Scream 5 attacked me more than it attacked any of its victims. <laughs> How, why is that, Boston? Oh, just so you remember how in the first movie there was definitely that kind of those fourth wall nods to be like, yep, this is a horror movie and we're we're going to fuck with the horror movie tropes. Yep. This one picks it up like a chair at a wrestling match and just beats you about the head and shoulders with it. Yes. But I loved it. Every like yeah. it never felt overdone to me. Like I'm sure some people might disagree, but I never felt like it was overdone in the way that they kept hitting those buttons. Yeah, you know, and I love the fact like when the voice is talking to her and brings up the stab movies and she's like, Oh, slasher movies are, are done. I'm all about hereditary and Baba Duke now. Yes. Oh my god. And also, just the that last the <laughs> her last line, so good. Because yeah, the era of the slasher has kind of passed for a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the closest anyone had gotten recently would be us from Jordan Peele. Are the Halloween movies the new ones? The, the Halloween movies did bring did bring it back too. Yeah, but at least the first one. The second one is seems to be universally hated. Like actually, what what I've heard so far is that one of the things people are upset about is how dumb everyone is in the Halloween, the oh second Halloween movie. They're, they're, it's insane how dumb they are. And then the last five minutes of that movie, it just becomes so ridiculous. that I was sitting there kind of numb. I, at that point, I accepted that in this universe, somehow between, because, you know, the first movie, it ends with him trapped in the burning house. And the second movie begins right there. So it's still the same night. So I, I was okay with believing that somehow between... The hours of 9 p.m. at night to 11 p.m. at night, people just got hella dumb. I just accepted that was a thing. Well, it kind of it kind of reminds me of Ghostbusters 2. Okay. How the fuck did y'all forget that the goddamn <laughs> world ended? Yeah. Like four years ago. Yeah, and there's ghosts running around. Yeah, you know, ghosts have ex- are like we have evidence of an afterlife and ghosts. Yeah, that's a thing now. And you're all like, oh, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's a bunch of hacks. Yeah, fucking no, 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 they weren't. Yeah. Also, motherfucking mayor, how can you forget? You piece of shit. <laughs> piece of shit. Was Ghostbusters two? Did that have vanilla ice or was vanilla ice just in Turtles two? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Vanilla ice. Was he in Ghostbusters two? <laughs> No. I thought there was like a dancing scene. Was there not? No. The only dancing scene is when Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Hudson are dancing for the kids and they want the, they scream for He-Man instead. Oh, I thought Vanilla Ice was in that scene. Hold on a sec. Now you, you got me. I'm not trying to gaslight you. I promise I'm not trying to, to gaslight you. But it is one of the weird things you're right about inside the Ghostbusters universe because the new one, Afterlife, kind of mentions that there was ghost activities in the 80s, but it seems like the people of modern day in this Ghostbusters universe have just accepted that it was all just a bunch of tall tales, which makes absolutely no sense because it's only 40 years removed and there's video. Yeah, like there's actual... Of course, I don't know. Humans do amaze me. I gotta say, at least my memory, there's a lot of blood and gore in this movie, but I would say probably the least amount of deaths. I think you're right. In any of the scream, because uh, a lot of people, a lot of people pull through like champs. Yeah, but one thing I do like in this movie, they let you know around halfway that nobody is safe, which I thought 
was fantastic. And I really do hope, uh, I'm okay if they continue this franchise, if this is the direction they're going in, in with it, because I thought the script was clever. I thought the kills were really cool. And there were some really neat, like where they kept doing a thing where you thought there was going to be a jump scare because you know horror movies. Oh, fuck that scene. <laughs> fuck yeah. that scene. Yes. Fuck it in the throat. Well, ironically. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and they said um, in the interview I read that there's a, there's a version of that scene that's like an extra five minutes long. No. Those fake outs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, you know what? Fuck it. Spoiler alert. Are you gonna are you gonna put this in the uh, in the recap like it's like don't you know like if you don't want to get spoiled for scream skip past this part uh, I may I, I may I may try and yeah I'll, I'll I will I will try to remember to do that with the time do a timestamp thing okay all right cool all right so spoil it man go but, ahead so first off back to the one I was talking about yeah uh, one of the big problems I had in the movie was when Dewey dies because yes sadly ladies and gentlemen Dewey dies it's a great death. It's the best death in the whole movie. It's yep. so good. I thought that the killer stabs him in the stomach and then like through the back. Yeah. And then lifts up. Yeah. And then later you find out the, the killer in that scene was a tiny little girl. Yeah. And so I was like, no. Yeah. Bullshit. But my boss pointed out there was no scene that showed him being lifted off the ground. He's not lifted off the ground? He he uh, he wasn't actually lifted off the ground. The okay. knives just can't you know cut up. And there's two knives too, right? Yeah. Okay. So they. So kinda, she didn't actually like hoist him off the ground, but. My, I think my biggest problem with the two killers was their size, because there's obviously a size difference between the small little goth girl and Jack Quaid. And that's the part that kind of like was weird to me. That actually makes sense, though. I think your boss really did make that make sense. Because I remember when we left the movie, that's yeah. the one thing we were both kind of iffy about. She couldn't pick up Dewey. She couldn't pick up Dewey. I don't think our voices sounded like that. I think we were, like, legitimate voiced. We had concerns. <laughs> oh, no, I felt like I sounded like that. Okay, but. well, I, I was like, I I admire women, of course. I just don't know if this could have happened. But if it did, you go, girl. Well, yeah, no, this wasn't, this wasn't, well, women can't do what men can do type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, she was a, she's a frail little... They even sell that as like she's this frail little girl. But that's also just fun for me. When someone can successfully act like they're a bad actor, always makes me happy. <laughs> now, okay. So like when she comes one, out over, overselling it. Yeah. Was the one girl in the movie legitimately a bad actress? The um, the girl that was girlfriend to the uh, twin? Uh, she, I, think she, yeah, I think she was just I think she was just bad. Okay. All right. Because she had some... I mean, she looked great, but her acting... Had a, left a lot to be desired, but now that we have our little spoiler section here, that's the one we're talking about. the The melt of the twins. He supposedly oh, yeah. very he's charismatic in the movie, but they were like, "How do we go on with this series without having him be a part of it?" So hopefully that means they're gonna. I guess the twins are gonna get more to do in the next movie because the girl twin, I loved her. Real quick before the final twist, yeah. How much money did you have on it being the twins? I had all my money. I was sitting there smugly going, it's obvious the twins have did it. Like, I, I thought the whole time it had to be the twins. Everyone that I talked to so far, but I don't know what it was about them that they were able to do it. Yeah. But yeah, everyone I talked to so far was like, no, I had all my money and it was the twins. I think the reason why 
you put it as a twins is because you know it's more than likely going to be two killers. It's always been a... Yeah. And you look at the groupings and the boy, the, the kid gets killed earlier. So then you have Amper the, and the twins. <laughs> so it, it makes it makes sense. You know what? Actually, maybe that's maybe that's one of the issues I have with Ghostface and Dead by Daylight. Mm. There's only one. Oh, really? <laughs> that would be something cool they could do. What a cool mechanic where, like, the teleport, like, as a quote-unquote teleport mechanic, where one of them just tags out and the other one tags in on the other side of the map, and starts jogging along. So what do so in the Dead by Daylight uh, Ghostface? What do they give him as like his special move? Uh, actually, so very similar, similar but different to Michael Myers. Okay. Uh, Ghostface in Dead by Daylight stalks you. Okay. His whole thing is literally like sneaking up behind people, peeking around corners and like watching them. Yeah. And then, then once he's kind of got his, after a certain amount of time of you like stalking them and watching them, mm-hmm. your character is, I believe, oblivious and exposed. So you don't see him coming up on you. Oh. And then if he hits you, it's one shot. One shot, one kill. So they make your so if you're playing Ghostface, you're almost like invisible? Almost. That's super cool. Although his can be thwarted okay. by turning around and like look because like, you, you can you can still look around and you can see him. Like if you're if you're if, if you are paying attention, you can see him like literally like sneaking up on you from behind and so you like if you stop and turn and face him it will counter the ability and he's actually like it takes a while for him to like get it back oh if you catch him he has to try harder to get hidden again that sounds awesome so they do a lot of that in dead by daylight right with like the with the guest killers giving them like really cool like kill moves for the most part (laughs) this this leads us to something else we can talk about Activate Night Shroud to become undetectable. So then you, you don't you don't show you don't show your radius and uh, you don't don't scare people as you get near them. And then while you're there, you can stalk people. Like is it how long do you have to stalk them for? You have to stalk them for. It doesn't quite say. It just says until until it is active. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, then they become become exposed. Do the survivors know immediately like what killer they're fighting? If you have never played against that killer before, sometimes there will be a tool tip okay. as you're loading in to be like, hey, by the way, when you're fighting the pig, you should be aware of this. Oh. Or Ghostface can be revealed if you look at him. Whereas if you have if you've already played against one of them before, it usually won't give you any heads up. Yeah. So at least there's that there is that knowledge of like, oh, it's not it's not somebody new. That's good. Okay. And then usually that's one of the reasons I like, I like play on mics with people. Yeah. Because then someone can be like, hey, by the way, it's so-and-so. <laughs> There's a few ways to tell who it is quickly. Okay. But usually it's not until they're on you. Before they make their first attack on somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like they're really doing a great job with like the different powers. Because they're now, like what, up to 15, 20 killers? Uh, let me see here. Jake Hendrick would tell us One, in two, a second. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, nineteen, twenty, twenty-two, three, four, five, six, twenty-six. Twenty-six. Okay, that's awesome. And I know they had all the awful stuff that they had, awful shit that happened because of Leatherface that they had to. Is Leatherface yeah. still in the game right now? So the characters in the game, they just took away the faces. 
Okay, because people were being shitty racists with the faces. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sad that I did not move in time to get the Demogorgon or Nancy and Steve. Oh, are they completely gone from Dead by Daylight now? I mean, I can, I'm hoping that maybe somehow they'll find a way to get the, get the license back to be able to sell them again. Yeah. But, yeah, the Stranger Things pulled the license, mm. and so now if you already own them, you can still play them. Cool. But... No one can purchase uh, the Stranger Things pack anymore. Did they give like a heads up? Hey, this is about to happen. Oh yeah, they gave it. They gave a heads up, and I just didn't pay attention. <laughs> but the good thing is, like you know, the new season. I don't think they've released a date yet. Oh no, they did. I think it's July. Is it? It's this year, right? Let me see if there's a premiere date yet. I know they announced the release date for the Boy season three, and it's it's uh, June. Right now they're saying it's scheduled for mid two thousand twenty two, but they don't have a date yet. But yeah, oh, so we got no. the, we got the boys coming up, and that's going to be exciting. Because you're cro- you're caught up on the boys, right? Yeah, I need to watch through it again. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, there's there's apparently a website claiming that they still have keys for oh. the Stranger Things DLC. I'm like, do I trust them? I don't know if I trust them. Mm, I, I, trust I would them. maybe do a little bit more research on that <laughs> first, because I, I I'd hate for us to start our next episode and the episode begins with. Well, guys, I got hacked. All my money is gone. We don't want to start with that. Yeah, that would that, that would that would suck. But okay. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll use maybe I'll pay I'll use PayPal so it doesn't go back to my account. <laughs> there you go. But honestly, the big news, and we'll probably talk more about this in the episode next week um, with Kim because I think it broke Scott's heart that he's not here to talk about it. Is of course that Microsoft yeah. owns everything now. Lisa owns owns everything. I I definitely agree with something that I heard that Microsoft is not quite pulling a Sega, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely evidence to show that they're trying to get out of the console game. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a known thing that, um, what's his face Spectre? What's his first name? The Phil Spectre. Phil Spectre. It seems like he's made it perfectly clear that he wants game pass on everything. And he's always said that Xbox, Mm -hmm. he wants Xbox to be the Netflix of gaming, right? Just about. Yeah. So that would mean that you would not really care as much about uh, consoles. Wait, is it Phil Spector? Because Phil Spector is an American record producer that murdered people. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out real fast. Wait, did I say, Scott, it, did I say it wrong? I know it, his name is Spector, right? Oh, my God. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Okay. Spencer. That's this is where why we, we were. Need okay. Scott, because Scott Scott's listening to this yeah, episode in the, that up. in the future, and he's probably screaming at us. Yeah, death row Phil Spector. There. Uh, Can you imagine if Phil Spector was in charge of Microsoft? They would all be murdered. There is who you need to bring into Dead by Daylight. <laughs> if you don't see his fro within the first twenty seconds, you're dead. Phil Spencer. Yeah, and and I I, I heard somebody that made an interesting thing that. It almost seems like a desperation move from Microsoft with the buy because they spent $68 billion for Activision. Somebody made a really good point. Disney spent $8 billion to acquire Marvel and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm not good at math, but this is a lot more than what they spent for those those two franchises. Yeah, a lot more people invested in Warzone and Overwatch and World of Warcraft. Okay. Do you think World of War? Because World of Warcraft's lost a lot of people in the last couple of years, right? It's because of everything going yeah. on in Blizzard and Final Fantasy fourteen. Do you think World of Warcraft can be saved? I mean, I think it's possible if people clean up because 
everybody still loves it as the the go-to MMORPG. Yeah. So I feel like if they can get if if Xbox can help them with their public relations, clean up their image. Yeah. Yeah, fix their fix their image and fix all that stuff and just kick Bobby Kotick to the fucking curb. Yep. Then I think a lot of people may may come back and try it. Yeah. Especially since you can't, you're not allowed to play Final Fantasy fourteen anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy when you're that successful that you're like, sorry, we're full. Look, guys, we gotta. Yeah. Do you do you think the best thing for Microsoft to do is have Activision release Diablo four or Overwatch two before the acquisition goes through, or wait till it's over and everything's in Microsoft's name? I, I feel like they should definitely wait for the lawsuits to be, like for everything to be mm. finished yeah and use it as like a a beacon that we're coming we're coming back and everything's fine yeah because i'm worried that they're going to try and do it as a like look over here at diablo 4 don't look at don't look at the man behind the curtain yeah you mean you mean kind of like what ems are doing by changing the characters to avoid the child slavery uh accusations yeah trying to you know get get everybody to focus on the on the, on the wrong thing there yeah 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 now, from what I understand, this accusation accusation is not going to happen as quickly as the Bethesda one, because the Bethesda was a public company, or private company, and Activision slash Blizzard is a public company, so they have to go through a lot of like FCC and all that, all those regulations. So I think they said yep. it's probably not going to really happen fully for about eighteen months. But I don't think they see any problems with you know, being accused of being a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think they said, the thing I've read is, like, the FCC, since, like, the Obama years, has been very lenient on companies. And there's an argument to be made that, <laughs> that even with this accusation, accusa- accusation, I don't know why I keep saying accusation, <laughs> accusation of Bethesda and also, like, Activision and Blizzard, that it's still not a monopoly because, like, I think even with this big move that Microsoft did, I think they said Tencent, which is a Chinese uh, video game company, and Sony are still one and two as far as video game companies go with uh, the money brought in. Yeah, Tencent pretty much, kind of like how uh, Samsung has all of the patents for certain things on the phones outside of the U.S., but Apple has all of them in the U.S. Yeah. I feel like there's definitely a... Tencent owns everything that's outside of the states. Do they own Riot Games? Because that's what I was thinking yes, they too. Do. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. So that that's what I heard is Tencent is number one, Sony is still two, and Microsoft is now three. But that you could also say like worldwide, will this help Microsoft finally break into the Asian market or even the European market where Sony has a really strong hold there? I think in America it's definitely going to help them because Call of Duty. See, I I think. My in my opinion, I think it's less about it's definitely about getting into the foreign markets. Yeah. But one of the things that I've been I've been noticing, there's a lot of there's a lot of games that are huge outside of America that we've never heard of because they are mobile titles that are fucking huge in India and China. Yeah. They're huge overseas because they are over here I can you know, I can build I can build a nice rig for a couple thousand dollars, yeah, and get to playing most of the t- most of the tier, uh, AAA games. Yeah, over there, it's a lot harder to get a hold of the parts and everything that would be necessary to build a thousand dollar rig 
but I can afford this $250 smartphone. And if it has the technology to run these games, then yeah, I guess I'm, that's what I'm play because yeah. that's all that's what I can afford. And so there's a lot of games that have been optimized for that. Even right now, I've been I've been messing around with Dead by Daylight Mobile, just because it was a it exists, and so I had to try it. Oh, is it just dumbed down the actual game? Yes, just okay. about. Though I'm trying to find a way to get my because I can I can connect my PS4 controller to my phone. Yeah, through Bluetooth. Yeah. And apparently I need a third-party app because Dead by Daylight is not optimized for controllers on mobile. But apparently there are some third-party apps that will let me map things better okay. so that I can actually you know, use just the, just the controller. Right now I have to deal with this weird thing where like I'm touching the screen to look around, <laughs> uh-huh. but then moving with the controller. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, weird. Uh, but it's just like there's a game coming to Xbox next month that... What's the company that does the Alan Wake? Is that Remedy? Remedy, yes. They're doing like a single player for the game, I think, to try to get it a good push for the States finally. But it's called Crossfire. And I think it's uh, it's super big in like Asia, especially like China and South Korea. I'm reading here that they have 1 billion registered players as of February 2020. By the way, it's also a Tencent published published game. But they said they have 6 million concurrent users and 1 billion registered players as of February 2020. So before COVID. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember hearing about this. And Crossfire is not something that, you know, I've ever heard of. I mean, I've heard of like the old show on CNN that Jon Stewart helped demolish. But I've (laughs) never heard of it as a video game. But, I mean, this is... I just remember the uh, little metal ball game on the... You mean Ackroyd? Not Ackroyd. <laughs> no, it was Crossfire. It was called Crossfire. I remember all of the, I remember all the commercials. Crossfire! Oh, that's amazing. Good voice too, by the way. Good singing voice. But no, that's that's what I'm saying too. It's like that's a game that's gonna come out in February here, and it's gonna be buried underneath like um you know Dying Day, Dying Light Two, Horizon. Elden, what is the one that's coming out that's the From Software one? Uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring, yeah. So yeah, but this game is huge. I mean, huge is big enough that they hired Remedy to basically do a two-part single-player adventure set inside this universe. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I think a lot of it in America, we're kind of isolated a lot of times on, like you said, like what's popular here game-wise. Yeah. And that's why I'm thinking like when, I mean, there was people, of course, that were Sony fans that were sad when this happened, thinking, oh, this is the end of days for us. And there was all sort of Microsoft fanboys that thought like they had won the console war. And I think everybody's still basically, I think, on the same level here. I don't think, I think this is probably going to help Microsoft a little bit, but I don't think it's going to hurt Sony at all. Because I don't think Microsoft is going to take away Call of Duty. No, because again, that's what I was saying. I feel like Xbox is moving to a way, you know, is is, is buying up all the publishers. Yep. Because again, uh, the number one FPS or the number one battle royale game in the world right now is uh, Garena Free Fire. I've never heard of it until this very second. Exactly. Actually, uh, I did mention. I think I mentioned this earlier, like on one of the last episodes of last year. No. Oh. But how many players does it have right now? I wish that was a number. Just a. <laughs> As of November of 2020, average monthly players 320 million. That's insane. Daily players 42 million. And that shows too because. As compared to PUBG's 
22,000 in the last 30 days. Really? So that, that's, yeah. that is the question I have. So Final Fantasy VII, uh, 25, well, 25 million registered players. So that's a lot. So I guess that, that makes sense because I was kind of wondering why is Square Enix having problems with that many people playing and these other companies are these other games I've never heard of before having like this many. Uh, but I guess 25 million is a lot. So, but I do think the Microsoft thing, just to kind of wrap that up, it's, I think it's important for U.S. gaming, but I don't know how it has, I think it has impact in USA gaming here in the States, but I don't know if it has much of an impact in the rest of the world. Again, I think the opposite. Okay. I think it's going it's to make some impact here in the States, but the biggest impact is it's going to line them up to start uh, focusing more on doing like streaming services or releasing games that are uh, optimized for mobile okay. so that they can get out of making, you know, having to make the X, you, know, ha- you don't have to make an Xbox anymore. If all of your games are going to be played on PCs or uh, laptops, tablets, you let somebody else spend all the time making the console yeah. and then you reap all the benefits of making a game that's optimized for it. So you think this is going to help them with the more ease of that to actually start breaking into a lot of these Asian countries that Microsoft has had problems breaking into? I think so. Okay. And uh, they did buy King, right? The company that makes Candy Crush. That's a part of the Activision Blizzard thing. Yeah, apparently at some point, because I didn't even know about that until I was watching it on a Loading Ready Runs show. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, it's Activision Blizzard King. It is It is all the same company. Which is crazy, because, um, so King is makes like Candy Crush, they have other mm-hmm. huge, uh, bo- um, like uh, mobile games too, right? Like that's all they do, right? Is mobile games. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's one of those things. Like we're more like PC and console gamers, so I think I think honestly, like we've all had like for the last year, you know, like probably the last decade, kind of snobbery towards like mobile gaming. Yeah, there, uh, there's definitely a lot of people who have have turned their nose up to it. And- Gamers turn their, you know, quote unquote, real gamers turn their noses up to it and weren't paying attention. And meanwhile, they just fucking took all, you know, took all of the money and left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess the other one of the other big mobile gaming companies, Cigna, was just purchased, um, I think, in the last month by Take Two. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, just a week ago. And this was this is posted from January 17th. So I guess like the second week of January console gaming heavyweight Take Two announced an agreement to acquire Cigna in a deal valued at $12.7 billion, which Forbes senior contributor Paul Tassi says instantly makes it a mobile monster. Are you saying Zygna? Yeah, Z-Y-N-G-A. So wouldn't that be Zynga? Like the Spice Girls song? Like, like Buzzinga? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that, and it's kind of scary to me because I don't want, I'm always worried that companies are going to start doing like what Konami did. Konami has some of the best franchises in the world, but Konami got started making all that money on those Pachinko machines and basically turned their backs on like console gaming and all that. I mean, yeah. And I can I can't it's that weird spot of I'm upset with them, but I can't blame them. Yeah. Like if, if that is if that is where you're making money, by all means, like go make your change, but yeah. then let someone else have those franchises to play with. I'm hoping with you that with this Microsoft buyout, give Toys for Bob uh, Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hoping because if Microsoft treats their these companies that they're buying the way they've treated their independent companies they bought last few years, like Double Fine, 
And uh, is it Drinkbox Studios, the guys who did Guacamelee and just did the um, Nobody Saves the World? I believe so. Because on both those games, Psychonauts and the Nobody Saves the World, from what I understand, Scott was raving about Nobody Saves the World. Microsoft was really Microsoft off and let them, you know, do their thing. But they said the Zigna thing happened. A lot of it happened because I guess last year they brought out Farmville 3 and it did not do well. <laughs> what? Yeah, there was a Farmville what? 3. Yes. And it kind of, from both of us not knowing there's a Farmville 3, I think that really hurt Signet. I think once Facebook changed their algorithm to where you're no longer getting, you know, posts like begging you to give your aunt hay, I think that really hurt <laughs> like the Farmville stuff. But I think that was one of the big things that kind of hurt Signet and probably helped move them towards selling the company. Just like Activision Blizzard, I don't think would have even came close to selling if they weren't being hit with all the stuff they were being hit with. Yeah, although, like an analogy I saw, that uh, Bobby Kotick released a statement saying that the acquisition from by Xbox was not related to the issues uh, ongoing with Activision and Blizzard. Really? He said that? So what, so what was it? Oh, well, it was because of the delay of Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4, <laughs> which oh is God. a fun little shell game if you think about the reason why the two games got delayed yeah. was because of all the shit going on at Activision Blizzard. Yeah, and did you see the... So, like, two days after the announcement was made that Microsoft was going to buy them, Activision Blizzard had a uh, world, a company-wide round chair. Uh, like, what is that called? Like, when, like, a president comes to talk to people. I can't think of what it's called. But basically, during this, uh, it was supposed to be all questions could be asked. Bobby was going to be there to speak. Bobby showed up 20 minutes late made like a little vague speech and then left. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the thing that sucks because Bobby's Bobby's going to get out of this like a champ. He's going to make so much money off of this. And it sucks because he's not going to be, I don't think he's ever going to be held accountable for what he's done. What was it? 200 and... No, you're looking that up. I'm going to read this. This is my favorite tweet that came out after the buy, like basically 20 minutes after the buy. There's this tweet uh, that's supposed to be the ex-CEO of Sony, Kaz Hari. And it's a Twitter account, of course. But the guy wrote, at Sony, we wanted to make a very strong and principled stance against employment harassment, which is why 30 minutes ago, we decided to never work with Activision Blizzard again. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty good line. I think it's going to be interesting, though, in the next few weeks, probably before, maybe around when this episode drops. Who knows? Who knows what's going to be changed by then? If Sony's going to have any kind of reaction to this, because Sony is so far may know like they didn't try to fight back after the bethesda thing they still haven't done anything about game pass even though there's the rumors i don't know if sony <laughs> it's kind of funny i don't know if sony really cares i know that they want to make their own game pass but like i feel like they're doing it just they're doing just fine they definitely are because i uh, somebody was making the point like you know we know how many units sony has sold to the playstation 4 we know how many units nintendo has sold to the switch Early on in the last generation of gaming, Xbox, uh, Microsoft stopped uh, putting out the numbers of, of Xboxes sold. There's another re another reason why people feel like getting out of that. They're, they want out of the console game. Yeah, and I I, I can see that. I can I can I can see that happening. It doesn't help that the new Xbox name is so confusing. Like I mean, still for as far as like I don't want to say casual gamers because that makes me sound like I'm being arrogant. But the names are the name is confusing, and I think you're right. Microsoft, I think they're seeing value in that in the Game Pass because that's all you ever hear them talk about mm -hmm. is hey, we got 25 million subscribers now to the Game Pass. You don't hear how many consoles they've sold. Yep, oh, uh, here it is. 
potential termination of Robert Kotick. Termination by Activision Blizzard without cause of termination by employee for good reason. Following a change of control, 292970341 dollars. Really? So he gets $293 million for being let go because of a change, change of uh, ownership. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And here it was. Uh, Bobby Kotick meeting leaves Activision Blizzard staffers uh, unimpressed and worried. The more, this morning, uh, he held an all-hands meeting with Activision Blizzard employees to address Microsoft's acquisition. I can't say that word. For $68.7 billion. Uh, he said that Microsoft would be trying to blah, blah, blah. As originally reported, this fireside chat took place over a video conference and fielded questions which were said to be submitted by employees via email and were read by chief police uh, people officer. He was 16 minute. He was late for the session, and it was only 16 minutes long. An anonymous acquisition. Yep, acquisition. An anonymous Activision Blizzard employee told Kotaku they knew other employees submitted questions about gender discrimination and the Raven QA strike, but they never got posed. And Kodak basically did the whole, I can tell you that my commitment to the company is to remain in my role, which is not going to happen. He already knows, I think, that as soon as this deal is done, you know, he's leaving. He's taking up money and he's running. I think I read something today that Raven has ended their strike. Is that right? I do not know. Yep. The strike over redundancies at Raven Software has ended just shy of two months after it started. Employee rights group ABK Workers Alliance made the announcement via its official Twitter account yesterday, which was would have been Sunday, following Friday's news that QA testers within the Call of Duty support studio had voted to unionize, which is another thing that people are, are kind of wondering if the unions are still going to happen now with everything that's going on. And I guess this is letting us know that there's definitely looks like this is going to be the start of maybe uh, unionization in the gaming industry, which I think is a good idea. Because you read all the horror stories that people in this in the industry have to deal with. Like this here, where Bobby Kotick is going to get out of this with no worries, you know? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we'll go in more on this because Scott's probably going to have a lot to talk about in the, in the, you know, in the next episode. True. Things the greatest movie ever. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. We're out of our spoilers, but yeah, it is a great movie. It's obviously, I think it's my, this is obviously we're only uh, 26, five days into this uh, new year. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. Favorite movie of the year so far. Yes. I think the next yeah. big movie I want to see is uh, Batman and they've announced the runtime and it's just shy of three hours. Oof. Yeah, I know. I still think though... I- from all the trailers I've seen of the new Batman, yeah, I'm going to give Pattinson a shot. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because yep. God damn. He's a good actor. Keaton, Bale, Clooney, Kilmer, all of them have had their, their swagger about them. Yeah. Something about the way he looks after like, like when Bale would like beat the fuck out of somebody and then turn to whoever was left. Mm-hmm. There was that like, oh, okay, all right, yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, good job, you did it, yeah, 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 did it, I surrender, yep. But like when Pattison turned around at the end of that the fight scene, yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, Daddy, I'm sorry, please, please don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm like, whoa, yeah. what? Where did that come from? Yeah, you're, you're my daddy. I guess I'm a Robin now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the, like I, yeah. The only thing I'm not digging so far from the trailers is Riddler's outfit and Catwoman's mask. Those are the only two things. Yeah. yeah. Riddler's Riddler's outfit is a mess. Yeah, 
they said they did a lot of inspiration for this film from the Zodiac movie. Uh, that was with Mark Ruffalo, David Fincher's uh, Zodiac movie. And I like this director. Really? Yeah. This director is amazing. This director did the uh, the last uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy. I huh. thought those were spectacular movies, Matt Reeves. So I'm I'm locked into this movie. I'm just hoping it being a three-hour movie doesn't mean we're getting the fucking origin story again. Better not. I, I swear hope, to God. Yeah. If you- we don't. He wants to do the pearls. He can do them in the opening sequence, and that's it. Like they did in uh, Batman versus Superman. Do a quick like yes, boom, 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 boom. It's like for any known the pearls and just move yeah, on. Any known character, we I do not I do not need to sit down again and see Uncle Ben get murdered in front of Spider Man's eyes. <laughs> I don't need to see Superman get you know swaddled up and put in that rocket and and sent out. We know. These these origins are part of pop culture now. That's what I think really True, yeah. brought the Andrew Garfield ones at the beginning right off uh, course for me is like we're like ten years removed from the first Tobey Maguire one, and we're having to go through another origin story. It just it made no sense. That's why I thought they were brilliant the way they did the Tom Holland, where he was already basically had been Spider Man for a couple months when uh, Tony Stark. Uh, you know, like meets him in civil war. Yeah. It's, we don't need, we don't need origin stories anymore, but no, we're for some of the newer ones. Sure. But like the established ones, we were good. We got yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's an, if it's a character that's not well known, like Shang-Chi, that makes sense. Do an origin. But I like the way they did his origin story where they got his origin out, but they didn't make it like a, like a stretch to get to his origin. They were, they were pretty quick the way they did it. Unlike uh, Eternals. 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 That's why I'm really hoping. I'm I'm kind of curious to see how they do it. Moon Knight. I'm praying to God that he doesn't become Moon Knight. I, I'm not praying to the God of the Moon uh, that he doesn't become Moon Knight like in the last episode. I hope to God they don't do that because that suit looks badass. It looked it looked like it was going to be pretty quick getting into that character. I hope because so. I know that was one of the big things about it was his outfit. He, his character is such a. It's very relevant. Like you, you you can't. It's it's not like Daredevil where I can just wear wear black clothing or Punisher where I can wear military clothing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Moon Knight, yep. you know, the magical supernatural creature yep. that, <laughs> that inhabits his body. Yeah, and I'm excited for people to see to finally get to meet Moon Knight because Moon Knight is basically Marvel's Batman, but he's just really fucked up, like schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. There was a really good Moon Knight series that was in the early 2000s by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maeve, I think, where essentially the first episode, Moon Knight's battling with the Avengers. They're in L.A. and he's teamed up with the Avengers. And the very last shot of the first issue, you realize the Avengers are not there, that he's basically been in his mind having this insane, insane uh, hallucinations where he's teaming up with the Avengers for his uh, quest. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so the next 11 issues of this miniseries are essentially that. And uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great series. Warren Ellis did a really good Moon Knight. I know Warren Ellis is not... Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Warren Ellis. But, you know, we can still enjoy his old work. Warren Ellis did a really good run for him. He seems like Daredevil. Like, he's not the See, I, most yeah. known. I mean, he's known... I mean, Daredevil's known, but Daredevil's not put up there in the ranks of, like, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. But it seems like writers really do some of their best works when they're working on Daredevil or Moon Knight. I still can't. 
I got hung up on your statement of he he is definitely not Marvel's Batman. You don't so you don't see Moon Knight as Marvel's Batman? In my in my heart of hearts, Tony Stark is is Marvel's Batman. Because of the money and the remember, technology? Money the money and that he's just a human. Okay. He's just a human that's using technology and prep work. Okay. I would put I'd say you could argue Daredevil is their Batman, but no, I think in my heart of hearts, Moon Knight is their Batman. But you might be right. I wish we had Scott here to break this tie. Damn you, COVID. What do you, what is Batman about him? The vigilante, the outfit. I guess that's I mean, really kind of it. If you're if you're pushing, yeah. Taskmaster is a vigilante who wears a, a hood like that. Like where, like maybe Asriel. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna compare, we're gonna try and compare blow to blow. I'd say maybe Asriel, that Batman. Okay. But not Bruce Wayne. Okay. I'm going to see if anybody else believes this with me. And I, so far, I'm Googling it and nobody believes for Ryan. So I'm <laughs> sad now. <clears throat> oh, here it goes. There are two major heroes in the Marvel Universe to be considered the Batman-type character, and neither one of them are right. <laughs> they say here, uh, Tony Stark or Matthew Murdock. Damn it. <laughs> you know what? I'll admit I was wrong. You know, I can do it. Edit this out, Sarah. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, Sarah, edit this part out. It's just one of those things of. I'm kidding, Sarah. It's one of those weird things where I'm like, I, I just when people make when people make uh, weird connections like that, I'm just like, is it Spider Ham is the Joker of the Marvel Universe? Ooh. <laughs> Hold on now. People that like him are really incels. it's good times good times we have (laughs) think with this being a pdq do we want to do recommendations no okay i'm I'm, I'm, fair okay i love you boston boston you're a recommendation recommendation was scream in the game pass again yeah you are the batman of p of brb afk i mean i am the only one who prepares Fair. Okay, that's hurtful, but it's true. I did like though the other day that you said that you and I were basically Deadpool and Spider Man. Of course, I went with yeah that because anything that. that makes me Spider Man, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, you, Ryan, you remind me of a mixture of Hitler and Spider Man. I'm like, yes, Spider Man. That's all awesome. I'm gonna hear. <laughs> yeah, Donka <Dunk a> Shun. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you know what? No, screw that. I, I take that back. There's a recommendation I have. Okay. What's go to go to Steam. There's a <laughs> I love that its tags are psychological horror, sexual content, and nudity. Oh. Uh there's a game that is available on Steam right now called Sex with Hitler. No matter who it is, we all lose. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. That's probably a big game right now for the uh, Proud Boys and the uh what uh Patriot Front. <laughs> the Patriot Front. Did you see what happened to the Patriot Front? No. There was a big hack that came out. They're a far right wing group. Yeah. A big hack that came out that like 40 gigabytes of video and showing who they are unmasked. Oh, shit. Like, they did a video where, like, you know, they were doing the whole thing where, like, we're just trying to, you know, save America, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as they say cut on the video, they start doing a Sieg Heil thing and making all kinds of Nazi references. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And they were there uh, this past weekend at that March for Life uh, 
march and it was amazing because there's a twitter uh this girl that was basically telling them to take off their their masks because everybody knows who they are now and she was showing them the video and screaming you motherfuckers are gonna lose your jobs now and it was it was chef's kiss it made me so happy and scott is definitely not here because he's at that at that meeting okay yeah scott that yeah no scott has covid and hopefully he gets better and we'll have uh, Scott back on the next episode, which will be out before Valentine's Day. So for all you lovers out there, you can settle down with a new episode then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not going to recommend anything. The only thing I'm going to recommend is stay hydrated. Absolutely. And stay safe because COVID, you don't want it. Like, like I, I, I've been, my whole, this past month, my whole wall is just full of friends that have gotten COVID. I'm 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 happy because more of them are making it through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like. Yep. It's like I'd rather not even have to have that fucking fear. Yes, and obviously, like you can get it if you're vaccinated. But I can tell you from friends I know that have been vaccinated, it's not been as bad. Mm. But it's still one of those things you'd rather it not to be around because this they're you know they're saying this one is not as deadly, but it's more contagious, and we're starting to notice that. With um, did you see what was going on in Michigan? Our Minnesota, no. where so this uh, this group of doctors ended up basically getting hired to go work at another, I think, hospital for more money and everything, right? So the hospital they were working at realized, hey, if these people quit, we're not going to be able to take care of the people in this community. So this hospital went to court and got an injunction that makes these people that were going to leave to go to this other hospital stay at this one hospital for now. Oh, fuck. Until this hospital can get proper staffing. Jesus. So they're legally, not right now, not being able to go off onto their new job. I don't know if the hospital, the first hospital is having to like uh, pay them what they were going to make when they moved. But yeah, this court is basically saying, no, you have to stay here right now because your community is needing you. Just like there was um, one state, I think it's out west, where the governor has started being a substitute teacher because they don't have the teachers right now because they're all out sick. So it's one of those things where... Yeah, it's less deadly. Thank God we're we're not losing as many people, but it's really backing stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. So stay safe out there. You know, we ended this episode really. We started with corn and we ended with something <laughs> something depressing. So let's end with uh, start with corn, end with porn, guys. Uh, everybody go to big to bustyasianbeauties.com and we're <laughs> I, I wonder if they have a scream porn parody. I mean, they've got Would to. Would it be called Orgasm Face? Hold up. Because, you know, it's ghost face, orgasm face. God damn it. Oh, face. Oh, face. Sorry. <laughs> oh, face is better. Scream triple X at porn parody. Yes. They could call it stab. They should have. Yes. But it is, uh, it is called scream triple X a porn parody. That's not good. What happened to puns? That's disappointing. Uh, I mean. Like Heinfeld or bright lights, big titties. <laughs> You know, like Forrest Hump. What happened to the good days? <laughs> All right. And then there's apparently also Scream, a gay porn parody. <laughs> it's different, I think. Yeah. I wonder if the porn parodies start like how the Scream movies start with a known porn actress or actor getting murdered by fucking. <laughs> um, they keep referring to him by his name, so he must he must be big enough to know that people know it. Oh, okay. And uh, another one thing I have to ask you before we end this: Do you think so? In the Scream universe, there's stab movies, right? 
Yes. Do you think there's a version of scary movies parodying the stab movies in the Scream universe? I would have to assume yes, only because okay. they had they did establish they did establish that just about every other horror movie ever made uh was present in the Scream universe. Okay. Similar to okay. how every movie exists in the last action hero universe. Only uh, all of Schwarzenegger's roles were played by Stallone. You know, I've never seen that. Movie. You know, you really should. It's a, it's a, it's it's bizarre, but it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Just because, again, it plays. I, I, I'm, you know, I don't know if you know if you can tell by now, but I, I'm big on fucking with tropes, like yeah. with, with fucking with people's expectations, and so yeah, I love the whole dynamic where it was like doing all the action movie shit and then he gets into the real world and the first time he tries to just bust out a window to take the car and like his head you know, like hurts his hurts his wrist okay that's just like awesome. staring at the kid and like disbelief of like what 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 <laughs> it's like did yeah they, man um, make fun of the did they make fun of the explosion of the car where the person's leaping in front of it mm. I don't remember that one specifically. Okay. Well, yeah, you're, you're serious. You punch a car window for real. You're hurting yourself. Cause I think that's what put Bret Hart out of the, out of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be careful there. That's, that's how we'll end this episode. It's like, Hey kids, don't break, don't windows. break, don't try and break windows unless you have the don't, right don't. tools. Yeah. And you know, then do it because let's be honest, you're kind of cool. Yeah. You're like, you know, like, Messing with Johnny Law, that's pretty badass, actually. You know what? Cause fuck your dad's fuck your dad's Jeep. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all, Internet, for joining us for this right. uh, episode of our PDQ. Uh, Get better, Scott. Hope Scott gets better, and we will see you all in the next episode. Good night. Bye.